News and uh, media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And uh, discussing canoe trips on northern Michigan rivers, I'm Jim Dwyer. Yes, it was canoe trips and not Tip a Canoe and Tyler 2. Instead, it was a wonderful little place called Misik. And boy, that is not a canoe, uh, a canoeing place for people that don't know what they're doing. It's <laughs> That is a swift river, at least the year I went. And it was, uh, and, and I, you know, I was an Eagle Scout, so I had a lot of canoeing experience on West Virginia rivers, and this thing is uh, remarkably uh, swift. Only the uh, very experienced canoers should uh, should uh, be, be uh, canoeing there. And in those situations, uh, even if you're a great swimmer, a, a life jacket may be advisable. Probably a good idea. Well, the reason we were discussing that before the program began is uh, my wife Mars and I just returned from a trip to Interlochen where our daughter Nora was at uh, summer band camp. And uh, not only is the stretch of highway uh, numbered 115 uh, incredibly beautiful, but uh, along our way we noticed three or four, I wasn't really sure, maybe even five, large, large windmills. Mm -hmm. Uh at one point along the road, and of course we've talked uh, recently about uh, lack of sound energy policy in this country and the resistance that a lot of people have to wind power. Oh, it's an eyesore uh, is typically a complaint that's offered 
or oh, it'll get in the way of the birds uh, is perhaps another uh, concern that's voiced. But these things looked beautiful. Yeah. These were not the old-fashioned farm, you know, uh, Dutch-style Dutch style windmill, <laughs> although I have no aesthetic problem with those either. These were large, three-bladed. Uh, they looked like... Uh, you know, avant-garde sculptures, mm -hmm. uh, and yet they were slowly rotating. Not such a windy day as we were driving, but uh, but of course, up high it is windier. It is indeed. So that's that's the reason they right. go up so high. Uh, but uh, boy, uh, it just can't be urged uh, enough. In fact, uh, a friend of mine has told me that in Germany, a company has uh, come out with uh, domestic use individual home wind generators yeah mm -hmm. and so other countries are getting the jump on this and uh, you know the wind is free the wind is existent most every day many days in some parts of the country or world more than others and it just seems like uh with uh, michigan in the economic situation it's in that uh it would be foolish not to pursue a uh swift and rapid conversion to wind power yeah and those those back roads of michigan by the way up in that area are actual wonderful drives i always recommend getting off the freeway and going onto those diagonal michigan roads right. uh you don't really get uh tied up too badly in some of those towns and in fact some of those towns are very charming just to drive through just to see a kind of a slice of americana that uh, is uh, all but disappearing in in our society and I think uh, when they talk about this rural-urban dichotomy, they lose fact, they lose track of the fact that some of these towns, that's that's real rural Americana, and that's where real American values uh, can uh, be found, not uh, with uh, flag-waving morons that are making big issues out of say, the mosque at Ground Zero. Boy, that's that. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard a all teapot, about that. Yeah. What? Of a course, canard. What a phony! A issue. canard is indeed the word, and of course, I'd say the the a real canard at heart in that controversy, or tempest in a teapot, or whatever uh, you want to call it, is the uh, first of all the idea that ground zero is the term that's being used yeah. to designate. And we talked about that in the wake of nine eleven years mm -hmm. ago, sure. when those uh, awful attacks happened. Uh, that this had been appropriated by this, America. Yeah, this by term America. has been appropriated, and in fact, it's it's because uh, it originally referred to Hiroshima, right? And of course, that's one of those controversial, embarrassing things in America's history. That uh, wow, you know, I, I in fact, it's ironic. I was just reading this past week Garl Alperwitz's famous book uh, Hiroshima. Uh, and atomic diplomacy hmm. um, in connection with some research I've been doing on Alger Hiss. It's basically Hiroshima Potsdam hmm. and, and, and uh, uh, atomic uh, diplomacy. Fascinating book that goes into the controversy about the dropping of the atomic bomb and what, what went into it in terms of the, uh, the switcheroo that uh, Harry Truman used and the justifications, the rationalizations that he always used thereafter. Um, I, of course, have always sort of steered a little bit of a middle ground on the issue. think that it was unnecessary, but understandable that America used it, um, unfortunately. But Ground Zero, of course, probably originated um, maybe in the John Hersey book. Uh, mm, that's Hiroshima. very likely. 
because uh, he was a uh, reporter for Time Magazine, interestingly. Although I think the writings that became that book appeared as a serial in Atlantic. Yeah, but he had mo made, made most of his career b before that as mm -hmm. a uh, Time correspondent in uh, Moscow. And it's interesting because he had a lot of clashes with Whitaker Chambers when Whitaker Chambers from time to time edited the foreign desk and modified uh, the reports that were coming in both from Russia and Eastern Europe uh, regarding the Soviet uh, Nazi uh, war that was uh, going on on the Eastern Front. But we digress and only point out that Ground Zero, of course, has been designated as Hiroshima. <laughs> right. And, of course, uh, it, it's important to remember that Hiroshima and Nagasaki those two events, more Japanese uh, civilians died in those two events than all of America's soldiers in World War II. That's how devastating they were. As, as, as catastrophic and traumatizing as the attacks of September 11th were for Americans, really to equate the two by the sort of... Uh, grabbing onto this term is is highly inappropriate and Hi deeply flawed deeply flawed and it's incredible that uh that a moron like newt gingrich and we'll give him a brain damage award because uh, he always deserves them he's uh, always uh jumping up and down and screaming about something that's uh kind of harebrained but to equate this mosque this islamic center first of all it's been exposed that it's not at ground zero it's down the street. <laughs> Down the street a little ways. Uh, it's near ground zero. Um, and, of course, it's not a mosque. But the metaphor ground zero mosque has now entered the lexicon thanks to Fox News, the Wall Street Journal, many of the usual suspects. And to equate uh, this with building a uh, Nazi memorial at the Holocaust museum or whatever the Ludicrous. precise quote that newt had that's uh like i can probably find it here in a second uh frank well, again, that... column is outstanding by the way in yesterday's new york times uh, regarding the uh oh the tangents the uh digressions the diversions the outrageous distortions and of course the usual suspects palin newt gingrich fox news the wall street journal it goes on and on and it's rather remarkable that, of course, the organizer of this Islamic center turns out to be a Sufi Muslim. Uh, of course, most Americans wouldn't know anything about that. They're sort of confused about many questions regarding religion. Uh, they keep asserting that we were founded as a Judeo-Christian society when the last time that I read the U.S. Constitution was anything but that. But the myths persist. The lies continue. The distortions continue. And, of course, you can get away with this sort of rubbish uh, when you don't want to look at America's real problems. This, this, this is just a tempest in the teapot, as you said. Yep. And, of course, the uh, Sufi Muslim thing is mystical. Yeah, that's the intellectual, philosophical aspect of Islam as, you know, each religion has its different aspects and the idea for example if somebody had proposed building a catholic church or a temple a jewish temple in the vicinity there wouldn't have been that, that big of a deal but the attempt to vilify the entire religion of islam uh you know some of the people who died in the world trade center were no doubt 
not only good, hardworking Americans, but practicing Muslims. They may have been cooks or office managers uh, in employment in the World Trade Center. Uh, but to beat this dead horse of uh, the constant vilification of Islam, sadly, uh, the Dave Emery program, which airs on uh, this station, I think it can be lumped into that category uh, with its bizarre and uh, highly inappropriate Islamo-fascist terminology that he always throws around. Uh, of course, there are shady characters in every denomination. Yeah. Uh, but to su use such a broad brush to paint all Muslims as terrorists, I mean, still, really? We still have to deal with that nonsense? Yeah, and it's been going on for decades, and it unfortunately started under the, uh, the, uh, the tenure... <laughs> And I always use that word in quotes of Ronald Reagan. He was always talking about terrorists uh, when he couldn't talk Those about Libyan hit squads, <laughs> the war on drugs. But it's interesting that Frank Rich notes, and this is this is an example of how these uh, issues sort of uh, molder in the grave, so to speak, <laughs> to borrow a famous uh, American iconic <laughs> John Brown's body. Yes. <laughs> But anyway, uh, he writes the Times, speaking of the New York Times, first reported on the Park 51 plans in a lengthy front-page article on December 9th of 2009. The sole exception came two weeks later at Fox News, where Laura Ingram, filling in for the O'Reilly Factor, interviewed Daisy Khan, the wife of the project's organizer, Imam Faisal Abdul Rauf. Ingram gave the plans her blessing. I can't find many people who really have a problem with it. She said, I like what you're trying to do. As well as Ingram might. Rauf is no terrorist. He's been repeatedly uh, sent on speaking tours by the Bush and Obama administration state departments alike to promote tolerance in Arab and Muslim nations. Uh, he spoke uh, at... Uh, the uh, funeral of Daniel Pearl, for instance. That's what uh, Rich notes. Of course, this story remained dormant, and then all of a sudden, five months later, uh, Rupert Murdoch's axis of demagoguery, quoting from Frank Rich, revved up jettisoning Ingram's benign take for the New York Post's jihad. The paper's inspiration was the rabidly anti-Islamic blogger best known for claiming that Obama was Malcolm X's illegitimate son. <laughs> and, of course, we had this remarkable poll that came out this week uh, from the Pew Charitable uh, Foundation showing the astonishing number of Americans that don't know that Obama's a Christian. It's like a third know this. Everyone else either doesn't know, and yet a remarkable percentage think he's a Muslim. I don't have the Pew numbers with me because obviously this story is uh, going to uh, molder uh, way beyond the grave, unfortunately, and will, of course, enter the realm of mystical right-wing talking points mm. that I'm sure Frank Luntz is continuing to work on as we speak somewhere in the dungeon of the uh, Committee to Re-elect the President's uh, Operations with E. Howard Hunt. Gordon Liddy, and the like. Sarah Palin always has words of wisdom on these important issues as well. And, of course, let's give her a brain damage award for uh, backing up Laura Schlesinger. Uh, oh, Dr. Laura. Dr. Laura. Is I'm 
my children's mother. I'm resigning from radio after, of course, this outrageous thing where she used the N-word 11 times. 11. How many time zones do they have in the Soviet <laughs> Union? 11. How many time zones did Laura Schlesinger use the N-word in concession, claiming that she's being shackled by the media, and thus she has to resign? And Palin backs this rubbish up, talking and using the strange word about Mama Grizzlies being shackled. Now, it's funny, Sarah. I read a, a story about a month ago when you came up with this term Mama Grizzly, and I read about a Mama Grizzly that went on a, an eating rampage up in Montana, and it turned out this grizzly bear was famished. Apparently it only weighed 250 pounds, and uh, it killed some human beings that were camping up in the wilds of Montana, and needless to be uh, said, it had to be hunted down and shot. But one wonders uh, why this Mama Grizzly, how unfortunate that you brought up the term Mama Grizzly, apparently uh, with cubs uh, in tow, uh, went on a man-eating rampage in uh, Montana because it was famished. wonder if global warming had anything to do with it. And how remarkable that the Tea Party's first edict of their platform is to restore the Constitution. <laughs> and, of course, they're well, on the bandwagon of this ground zero mosque. Right. Well, restore the Constitution, of course, the argument could be put forward that, indeed, there are aspects of it that do need to be restored uh, because of the way that the Supreme Court has tilted so heavily to the right. Uh Restore the Constitution. Well, there's a Mad Magazine cartoon of uh, tea, uh, making fun of uh, teabaggers, and uh, one of the teabaggers is holding up a uh, placard which says, in this admittedly satirical cartoon, that says, uh, anti-government, pro-Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about the outlook. I think satire uh, often puts its uh, finger right on the, uh, the button and... Uh, that's pretty much the ideological outlook of the teabaggers. Yeah, and a couple of other beautiful points by Frank Rich, which I recommend this column in particular. This might be one of the best things he's written in months. Uh, he notes, All but 12 Republicans in the House voted against health benefits for 9-11 responders just last month. Put that in your pipe, Sarah Palin. And, of course, he notes Sarah Palin calls her the paint the fox patron saint calls the park 51 a stab in the heart of americans who still have that lingering pain from 9 11 of course her only previous engagement with the 9 11 site was when she used it as a political backdrop for taking uh, her first questions from reporters nearly a month after being named by the gop not to be outdone uh, bernie carrick who's in prison smuggled a Twitter message out of prison to register his rage at the Ground Zero desecration. As my colleague Clive Haberman reminded us, uh, such was uh, Carrick's previous reverence for the burial ground of 9-11 that he appropriated an apartment overlooking the site and designating it uh, and designated for recovery workers an extramarital affair. Well, the, list know. Goes, the list goes on. It's, it's just remarkable. The emperor, uh, 
Well, you know, they, it has no clothes anymore, and I don't even know if it's got any skin anymore. <laughs> it's, it's really starting to get scary. Yeah, it's one of those opaque human figure bodies from the high school biology class with, oh, there's the liver. We can remove the spleen here. Unbelievable stuff. And, uh, well, of course, Newt, uh, you know, used the, the word uh, Nazi in the thing. But, yeah, the, it, and it's interesting because, you know, uh, in Rich's overall column, what he's really juxtaposing is, the, as he puts it, the subtitle is, as goes the ground zero mosque, so goes Afghanistan. <laughs> Well, Afghanistan uh, might be a good uh, jumping back point, and I do mean jumping back. I've been on the road a lot this week, and so haven't uh, been on top of my uh, current newspapers. But in sorting out some old materials at home, uh, rearranging some storage, I uh, was going through some old magazines and journals, and a couple of them leapt out at me, and these are... 20 years old. This is from May 1990, the Progressive Magazine, Afghanistan, Untold Stories. And I noticed there's a subheading with an interview with Wendell Berry on that. He's one of my favorite uh, contemporary sort of rural poet intellectuals. Yeah, philosophers, really. A brilliant, brilliant guy. You can read everything this guy's ever written, and the serenity and reality and, and wholesomeness of his uh, perspective. He's been an English teacher at uh, the University of Kentucky for many years. And in his 80s, he still farms a, uh, a hillside with horses. Uh, he talks about the, um, the complete departure of modern American mm. culture from the land, the soil, and nature. And uh, really... Highly recommend Wendell Berry as somebody to uh, become acquainted with uh, spiritually. Yeah, indeed. He's uh, very much in the Jeffersonian tradition yes. of American intellectualism. Uh, speaking of mystical religious figures, I, I, he doesn't have movement behind him, but he should. <laughs> Uh, very like. Yes, uh, but well, I, got, I got you distracted. No, no, that's fine. Uh, Wendell Berry, always good to give him a plug. Yeah. Uh, two of the three authors who have short pieces on Afghanistan in this uh, May 1990 issue of The Progressive have since died. Erwin Knoll, its editor, and Ekbal Ahmed. Um, and what's remarkable about this is, okay, 1990, 20 years old, how little things have changed. Yeah. How much everything that's in these articles is still very much a current uh, concern. Uh, in Erwin Knoll's article, uh, Journalistic Jihad, Holes in the Coverage of a Holy War, he talks about how CBS News uh, repeatedly used demonstrably false footage, uh, making claims, for example, that... Uh, Footage of a Pakistani Air Force jet at a training mission uh, was, in fact, a Soviet MiG bombing an Afghan village. Uh, combat footage uh, turned out to be uh, training camps uh, of Mujahideen in Pakistan, not actual combat in Afghanistan. I see. Uh, well, of easy course. Easy to get the two confused. It, it is indeed very easy to get the two confused because that's what has been happening ever since. Um and, of course, all the familiar names are there. Uh, more startling, perhaps, because it's more forgotten, uh, is uh, 
an article from November 1988 by Lawrence Schultz in The Nation magazine about the connections. Uh, the, the article is called Bush, Drugs, and Pakistan Inside the Kingdom of Heroin. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, the article opens with a quote from then-President George Bush. Uh, I will never bargain with drug dealers on U.S. or foreign soil. George Bush vowed in March. No, we'll just fund them in Nicaragua. <laughs> right. Uh, impossible anyway. to read that pious statement now without the name Noriega springing to mind, but was the Panamanian the only narco general with whom Bush was doing business? And in fact, the article goes on to detail uh, the events of a Norwegian inquest into the heroin traffic coming out of Pakistan. And because of the work of a uh, courageous Norwegian investigator, Oyvind Olsund, uh, connections were found uh, directly to Zia al Huk. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the guy who was in charge of uh, Zia's personal spending, his family bank account, the guy who wrote the checks, probably worked, uh, had, a, had a probably an account at BCCI. Yeah, the Bank of Commerce. Uh, yeah, another famous uh, connection between the Pakistani, Saudi, CIA uh, milieu of just r- remarkable uh, corruption and deception. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, uh, of course, later in the article, by then, uh, Zia had, had died, of course, in a mysterious plane crash. With the American ambassador aboard, incidentally. Yeah. Happened um, during the Reagan administration, and we, we hear far too little about that event and quite a lot about Pan Am 103. Right. Anyway. So, uh, anyway, this uh, Norwegian investigation found all sorts of uh, very intimate connections between the, surprise, surprise, Pakistani intelligence agency, Islamic fundamentalists, and heroin traffickers. And you, you ask, stop and ask yourself, how much money has the United States paid out uh, in aid, military, uh, government aid, etc., to Pakistan since 1988? And what have we gotten for it? What have we gotten for it? Well, this was, you know, one of our victories in the Cold War that uh, the Republicans keep reminding us on television that we won uh, under the leadership of Ronald Reagan. Um, Yeah, we're still mired in Afghanistan and will be for quite some time. Fascinating to learn today, by the way, that the uh, number of Americans that view Afghanistan and Iraq, because there was some good news last week. The official combat withdrawal from Iraq occurred yeah. With the last, uh, well, at least the uh, promise was uh, kept, so to speak. They were all gone by the 31st of August. 50,000 troops remain in, in Iraq, but uh, at least we're winding it down a little bit. It's rather uh, remarkable, of course, to discover that the, the overall game plan is to move, um, shall we say, hegemony of the Iraq war from the Pentagon to the State Department. And we talked last week very briefly about Gates's, uh, Robert Gates, Secretary of Defense, who has sort of announced a tentative retire, mm-hmm. retirement next year, sort of going out on a limb and advocating some rather modest budget cuts that, of course, have drawn outrage from the uh, Islamic zero, ground zero mosque crowd. <laughs> they get uh, confused about America's priorities all the time. They want to keep these wars going. Um, I guess my final comment about the Ground Zero Mosque is, 
actually heard a caller uh, on an NPR show make the best point that I heard on the subject. He said this is actually appropriate to have an Islamic mosque at Ground Zero because, um, I mean, and he even quoted Bush with the bullhorn. (laughs) Oh, yeah. In other words, it's bin Laden who's hijacked the Muslim faith. Right. So it's an honor of America's First Amendment concept that we have a mosque at Ground Zero. There is no sacrilege involved. The only people that are sacrileging this unfortunate event, and it's been long established, by the way, that um, that uh, Imam uh, Rauf is a rather dedicated uh, worker for the United States military policy, as, as he mentioned. I guess I'll quote finally uh, from Frank Rich. As he notes, John Stewart observed this brand of innuendo could also be applied to the News Corporation, whose second largest shareholder after the Murdoch family is a member of the Saudi royal family. Perhaps last week's revelation that the News Corporation has poured a million dollars into the GOP campaign coffers was a fiendishly clever smokescreen to deflect anyone following the far greater sum of Saudi money, a $3 billion stake that has flowed into the Murdoch Enterprises or the News Corporation, money at least $70 million recently invested in a media, a Saudi media company. <laughs> that says it all right there. Um, of course, so uh, we, we also need to say that you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor, Yazoo City Calling. We'll be coming up uh, shortly. Uh, we, of course, also applaud the return of Andrew, our engineer. He's uh, He was vacationing up in Alaska. I don't know if he ran into any mama grizzlies up there. but <laughs> <laughs> Or any of the even more fearsome Palin clan. Yeah. Palin with her, well, I don't even want to get started on that Harridan, but uh, we can talk about the Tea Party movement and uh, Sarah Palin in upcoming shows. Uh, by the way, tomorrow the big, uh, big primary to kind of keep an eye on is the Florida primary. Very interesting stuff down there. You have a couple of billionaires on each in each party running mm. running for governor, and uh, well, you have this interesting uh, Senate race where uh, the teabag, uh, tea, teabag party uh, golden boy, Marco Rubio, is going to be the Republican nominee. And, of course, the Democratic nomination is up for grabs. But uh, we know Charlie Crist is running as an independent. Well, the Republicans have had a lock on the uh, governorship of that state for a number of years now. Uh, and so it will be interesting to see if that can continue. It'll also be interesting to see whether or not this... I mean, we know there's now a tea bagger caucus in the Republican Party, but there's still this sort of fringe element that it's a separate thing. It's not part of the Republican Party. Yeah. Uh, and so the the strands and the uh, the threads uh, beginning to fray there as the Republicans sort of try to keep that together. Uh, Florida may be uh, an, a test for them. A test for them, and it's interesting, too, because McCain is on the ballot tomorrow running for re-election as senator from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCain, of course, has been campaigning without his space helmet for quite a number of years now, but uh, J.D. Hayworth, that seemed to 